0: So that's how it started and I really liked it. I liked the way that I can um, write something in a particular order and then somehow it works. Somehow there's like with this magic, um, I see something on the screen or I see some, some, something, some operations which are being executed. So it's like an extra power of a developer to do something that the computer uh, listens and behaves and executes it. Hi
1: friends, my guest today is Maria Korneva. She's a software engineer, currently primarily focusing on Angular framework for JavaScript and TypeScript. Maria loves sharing what she finds useful by writing articles on her blog or presenting them at conferences.
0: I think in metaphors quite often and um, finding it suitable metaphor is a lot of fun to me. So well, yesterday, before falling asleep, I was thinking about um, RxJS and how it's like a stream, a stream of water and how I can depict all the concepts from uh, RxJS like switch map or filter or map or the tap, whatever, as a, um, like as a visual, as a stream of water, as a tap with water coming out of it.
1: Our conversation was about Maria's journey to becoming a software engineer, her challenges overcoming imposter syndrome and how she eventually found herself being a very proactive member of software engineering community. Unfortunately, we had to cut our conversation short, but I still hope you will find something valuable there. And now here is Maria. If you can tell a little bit about kind of your journey, Mm To becoming maybe a software engineer because i know that you wanted to become a software engineer and you didn't like it is not the first thing that you were doing you were doing linguistics and stuff and it would be nice to know
0: yeah. yeah well like you mentioned the first well i wanted to become a developer in the first place uh when i was at the high school and i talked to my mother my mother she writes some scripts she does some, some statistics i don't know exactly what she's doing but i'm happy like i know for like it was always that she was programming something but not being a programmer i don't know some helping functions so and she said um it's not a very good idea because i'm a short-sighted person and i'm gonna work a lot with computers which is not good for my side but actually now looking back it's not really uh, reasonable because there's so many professions where you sit and work on computer the whole day so and then the second thing that she saw she told me was that this is a men domain and um it's really hard to 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 be a developer like a female developer in there that was back in in 2007 I think so I said like well yes, maybe maybe not. And I was very lazy, so um I had the option to start to study linguistics without any additional examinations. So I decided to do that. I quite soon realized that this is something which I it, it is okay but I just don't like it because of the way it functions. Like all the humanities is more about um the authorities, the quotation, the interpretation and there was not like it's zero or one it compiles or it doesn't compile so i soon realized i actually still want to be a developer <laughs> and that's why but i still completed my studies because well once i started it i wanted to accomplish it but then i switched uh, to studying linguists um, and yeah, it so i was a bachelor in business informatics because there was a break like i completed my linguistic studies and started to work as a an event manager um with the German language—that's what well, was a practical appliance of my studies. But then I still realized that's not what I want to do. So I started—I uh, I went back to university and studied business informatics, because I thought, um, like IT, it's what I wanted to do. I was a bit scared if I gonna manage it. So I, uh, I decided to add some economics, so to have a mix, to have it easier well i ended up uh, liking it mo- uh, more than economics <laughs> that's how i focused on on the development part but the whole story about it was that i started linguistics with the ma- like that was major in german but it was also um, to become a teacher of german as a foreign language and then i moved f- as moved on and so I thought like saw myself as an IT consultant and there was a really like an inner dialogue what is in common there why I'm just you know like not having a straight line of my career what is the reason behind switching those careers and how like is there anything which is in common for those two professions and I realized that this is more like um, helping others and that's the underlying um, common ground both for being a teacher of foreign languages and being an IT consultant uh, or a developer, because as a developer, I also help my clients to implement some features to uh, make the web more um, accessible, more UX friendly and all this stuff. So that was the story (laughs) of uh, my different subjects. And like,
1: just for me to understand a little bit better, you when you said you when you were talking a little bit about the inner dialogue right do i mm-hmm. understand correctly that what you kind of were trying to do is kind of reconcile both things that yes. you were interested in and all things that you have spent time on basically yeah. how can you use both uh, your knowledge from linguistics and other areas along with your passion for programming let's say right yeah. together right how to Okay, interesting. And, uh, like, you said that you wanted to do, you were doing, but in the first place, in the first place, because you said that you wanted to do uh, software engineering Mm -hmm. even before that, but it kind of didn't work out, Yeah. but how did you learn, like, in the first place about the fact that computers exist and what they do and stuff like that?
0: Well, we had a very strict teacher in the school. So we had informatics and programming, so like some some really theoretical stuff and then doing some programming in Pascal. So many people here um start with Java. However, my journey started with Pascal and our teacher tend to, um tended to say, if you can uh, manage Pascal, then you can uh, manage any other programming language. So that was like with GoTo and this usual school stuff, we were um, designing some, uh, I don't remember, there was a train that had to move from right to the left and all this stuff. So that's how Mm -hmm. it started and I really liked it. I liked the way that I can, Write something in a particular order, and then somehow it works. Somehow there is like with this magic, um, I see something on the screen, or I see some some something some operations which are being executed. So it's like an extra power of a developer to do something that the computer uh, listens and behaves and executes it. But because it's
1: interesting, because I first uh, started when I started programming computers Pascal's uh, Pascal also was the first prog- programming language that I was using mm-hmm. I don't to be honest I don't remember if I were using go tos there okay. I do remember that I was using like jumps and stuff like this yeah. in assembler which is like okay anyways but for me for example the reason why I uh, love kind of programming is because It is kind of you. You're solving small little problems, and you get excited when you solve them. Yes. This is what I enjoy, I think, the most about programming, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 only after that I started even more appreciate the rigorness of the expression, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly if I understood you correctly, but at some uh, you, you mentioned that you kind of didn't like linguistics because it was kind of too. Maybe vague, abstract, and not concrete. When uh, when uh, com- com- programming is more like closer to math and more like specific things. Is it correct now?
0: It used to be correct uh, back then uh, because I re- I liked the you know the. The easy way to say I'm right or wrong if you code, because either your your program does what it's supposed to do or not, and it was a very simplified uh, view on it. Because um, the more you go dig deeper into the code and the code conventions and best practices, the more you're getting into the role of an architect. And then it's again more about it depends it's about talking to the client and, and analyzing the situation the requirements and then trying to figure out what what is the most official efficient way it's not no longer about right or wrong zero one mm-hmm. true false it's more about what's the best and then again it's the um, there's the room for interpretation what's the best and how do you measure this mm-hmm. and now i see some parallels actually i have I realized, like, I, I really like the, the um, expression that you used that was a reconcile. I've been doing a lot of reconciliation um, between, the, still, like between linguistics and the world of texts and um, programming and development. Because for me, this does, doesn't make sense that linguists can be good developers because the, the same processes that you try to, you get some um, unstructured data, which is text or Speech or requirements yeah. and then you try to put it into the form of an algorithm and um, You try to provide a structure for for the unstructured world so um, You yeah, know, I, I thought my, I lost my, my thoughts, but yeah, that's the the, the the things in common between those two areas so I'm no longer thinking that like linguistics is a um, it's too vague and I don't don't like it, because as of now I see the same in the development that um, it's no longer about this particular line of code, it's more about um, the requirements of the project and the best possible implementation.
1: I'm just thinking about that, you know, You were doing linguistics, right, and I don't know even how to describe it, but what I'm thinking about is that it is very, very, like, even if we are moving between different, uh, if we are changing careers, we still can leverage a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience that Mm -hmm. we gained, right, and I'm thinking just if I were doing, I don't know, go and build rockets for example right instead of, of programming computers I, I I do feel that a lot of uh, experience and knowledge that I have gained would be helpful yes I, I would there would be some barrier to start and I would need to catch up on on this specific domain right but a lot of things even like working because most of the time we are working with people right mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of this could be kind of reused (laughs) in terms of of okay that that that's interesting and and like right now right like did you start did you start to uh So basically, you started linguistics, then you went to uh, doing programming, but when did you start to do more like a community, uh, proactive community, and Mm -hmm. knowledge sharing in the community?
0: Uh, Well, I think it started in 2019. Um, I switched the job. I used to be more a consultant, like, more analyzing the code, our logs, and doing some controlling, something like this. And I said, like, I want to be your developer. I wanna, um, instead of seeing some null pointer exceptions in the logs, I wanna produce my own null pointer exceptions. And that's like, I, I, I dig deeper into the coding and um, it started with actually quite selfish in the first place because I wanted to write down the things that I had in my mind. Like we had some implementations for cookie banner and I found it really interesting in the context of the GDPR with this whole um, data privacy laws, so I wanted to jot it down because I knew that cookie banners is something which you have in every single project. So I just wrote an article and well, I wanted to write one and then I started and I realized um, there's way more that I want to um, share with the world, but also know to myself. So it was like um, two purpose thing. First the documentation for myself, but then I realized it it, it is fun to write and maybe there was someone who also could find it useful. If I find it useful, then maybe someone else as well. And the third thing that evolved from it was that maybe someone else comes and says, oh, look, I have a better idea or a different idea. And in our project, we're doing this like this. So I was hoping a lot that people will comment on my blogs and uh, I will learn from them. They will learn from me. We will all learn from each other. It didn't happen, like there were some likes, but there was a, not that many comments, but uh, like nobody knew me. And then uh, one day a person contacted me on Twitter and asked if I would like to write for ng, uh, ng-conf, and that's the biggest conference in Angular, about Angular in the, in the world. <laughs> and that was like a, a complete, like it's, it was a miracle to me. And I agreed and I started to do that and writing uh, blogs I went uh, got into the conferences, so um being a writer for Ngconf I also was able to submit a lighting talk and I had my five minutes of fame. And um then I realized that there is this community because I, I was not aware that um such things exist because um I I still do imagine and there are many developers that just wanna code and they're not interested about other coders are um, the whole community and that there is a thing such such a thing and for me i started to realize that there are people that i like and they and that i see as experts and they are all also interconnected and they also know cool people so you you start to connect the dots and you start to realize that um there is like such a thing there is this unity there is um there are those conversations, like once you, the more people you know, the the more fun it is. And to go to conferences to see them again, to have those conversations. Um, so it, that's how it, it evolved for me. Um, maybe there is also a fourth thing. So as I mentioned, documentation for myself, then um, sharing and learning, um, hoping that it's helpful for others, but also. The first uh, thing is that um, uh, how do you put it? Uh, well, I—that's uh, a longer story. But being a junior developer is—I always um, felt safe because there was always someone out there who was um, who was able to support me. Like if you you have those senior colleagues and. And that's fine. You you can try something out, but you you're never desperate because you know if you were des- like, if you were stuck, you can go and ask someone. And I knew that someday the day will come that there won't be this senior colleague because someone says you are now senior, and I was really scared because you know like there's no one else in the company they can ask, and that's why I thought about the community as this senior colleague that I can ask. So this is also something like some uh, comforting thought um, that i'm not alone so if i'm stuck i still can ask for help like uh, well hashtag stack overflow but in person
1: (laughs) yeah so that's how it started for me it 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 sounds so like it it, in a sense it sounds similar to a situation that i had in my life because when i was uh, also a junior software engineer i and i had i had I was very lucky in a sense that I, when I was just starting like serious uh, programming in, in the industry, I had an opportunity to work with a person who is really good engineer. And mm-hmm. to this day, I, I have seen many people. To this day, I believe from like pure engineering skills, he's like top three people that I know for sure, right? And I was working with him. And when I was just starting, I was asking like a lot of questions, like how do you want to do that, how do you want to do that, how do you want to do that, and at some point he uh, he told me that I need to kind of stop asking questions oh. because there's <laughs> just too much. And in a sense, it was very important for me because I I wanted to 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 develop my skills, right? And I want to become uh, wanted to become better and this kind of forced me to kind of understand where the boundary is between uh, when it is like completely hopeless and i cannot move forward at all or when i am just like you know lazy and i want someone to tell me what to do right or something like this 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 um, balance is very difficult to find and uh, this situation forced me to actually sit there and not go and ask questions for like for quite some time but uh, maybe it's sometimes it wasn't like as productive right but overall i would say that it was very important experience in my life and it has uh, taught me a lot about taking on the problems and solving them myself and Mm -hmm. all this experience has for has kind of Made a significant impact on how I was moving forward in my career and like development and stuff like this And this is what you are also saying that at some point Because I'm not no longer work with those people quite often when I work with people Like I need to 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 help people so you, it is it, it is very nice and Just a story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Good. yeah <laughs> uh, and I, I wanted to ask like you sa- you you started with Pascal right mm-hmm. you of course you are now doing like JavaScript TypeScript Angular what are the, have you like used any other uh, languages like major languages during your career or those are the primary ones that you've been using and familiar with
0: well I've tried out several of them um, like Java of course um, mm-hmm. well we like at, at the university we tried some some uh, several languages out but I don't think that this is count that counts but I, I found it really interesting to that's like with foreign languages as well or with different philosophies. The more languages you know, the more the broader is your perspective because then suddenly you realize, oh, your language, like, you, you you can think this way. Or, oh, you can apply this and that. Or, oh, you can do this in this language. So, um, I also tried Haskell. I, well, it was really, it was a huge impact on, on me because that was a completely different language. Um, later on, I had some, I wrote some programs in Flutter, but Flutter is uh, it's based on Dart. And so, mm-hmm. um what else like of course view as well um yeah those are the major ones and of course visual basic
1: (laughs) that's interesting i have never actually programmed in visual basic even though it is kind of like a lot of things a lot of people I know, like, touched it at some point in their life, but they have never done this.
0: It was fun because, uh, yes, just to, to, to tell the story about the visual um, basic, like, um, that was the fact that I was not working with the... I was not even developing at uh, that moment of my career. Um, and then suddenly I wanted to optimize something, and it was like, bam, now you have to learn a new language. And um, they, it's been a while at that point, um since I learned a new language and it was not really good experience. So I think maybe it's just like um, a good thing to to try a new language uh, even once in a while. So uh, yeah, that was cool.
1: I wanted to ask, uh, you said you were using Haskell a little bit, at least trying to get uh, like a sense of it, like, and uh, do you use... Uh, those concepts in your, most of the time, or or not?
0: Well, Haskell, no. It was more broadening the experience and knowing that there's not only the TypeScript, JavaScript universe. There are other languages like, you know, functional, procedural, declarative. So there are different ways of thinking which come along with the programming language. So it's, um, I don't work with with Haskell any longer. Um, But uh, apparently Haskell influenced the reducers a lot, so the way that MapReduce works uh, heavily relies on these mathematical constructions uh, which are baked into Haskell, but it's so many years ago I think I'm not really able to talk about Haskell anymore. Uh,
1: Because for me, for example, I, I also I have tried all sorts of different languages like it's even like But what I found is that most, most, um, there is kind of language in syntax of it, and there are also paradigms different, right? Mm -hmm. And I do enjoy paradigms much more because this is the way how they kind of break your mind, in a sense. Uh, Because I don't like uh, different syntax because it is just, Mm -hmm. you're, you just need to learn, but you're not getting anything like completely new. Maybe sometimes, Mm -hmm. but. Right, but for example, I was uh, I was uh, like maybe like I don't know. Let's say four years ago or something like this. I, I, first of all, I was interested in functional programming for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I didn't really know how to apply it to real-life problems it was al- always like when you go and watch some talk or, or read some article it was okay uh, we have uh, pure functions and we have this I, I mean I get it about how pure function but how do I build like an app with mm-hmm. that right and to end, right Backend, can front end, whatever and uh, maybe like three four years ago I discovered the libraries, uh, like FPTS, in uh, TypeScript, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a right for me to understand the concept. I was quite familiar with JavaScript uh, at that point, but trying to understand the concept itself, it was hard. And especially uh, the fact that it is not like as mainstream, For this reason, there is not like a lot of articles, like a lot of videos you kind of need to figure out. And this is the first time in my career where I, and the interesting thing about FPTS, especially when I was starting, I'm not sure, I still, I think it is still the case, but when I was starting, is that you have a library, you know Mm -hmm. it's good, there's no documentation, but you know it is good in terms of Mm -hmm. concepts, because it's basically allows you to do functional programming in TypeScript. And, it is not like when you go to uh, like redux uh website and there is like examples everything is very neatly organized and you can read and learn it's like here is Scott kind of figured out, and it was hard mm-hmm. and it is like uh, I, I guess those situations are the most difficult situations for me uh, from programming point of view, when you kind of have code and you need to figure it out and there's no documentation at all. Bec- I have recently uh, been looking into TinyGrad, which mm-hmm. is... Um, which is Autograd uh, and the uh, Tensor's library for, for machine learning and stuff like this, right? It is, first of all, it is written in Python, which is like interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you need to figure it out in Python. Uh, but other thing is that it is 200 lines, mm-hmm. they are very, 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 very complex. Uh, co- the goal there is to fit as much as possible in, in, in the smallest number of lines just for the sake of it. And mm-hmm. there's no documentation, and you need to figure out how it works. Those those projects for me to understand are, from technical point of view, have been the most challenging. I, I mm-hmm. think because the rest is just like go read documentation. Yeah, it may take some time, but eventually you will get it. But, but. Another that thing e- I remember, yeah. yeah. I wanted to say that at some point I was also trying to implement an algorithm. You know, in Git, uh, the comparison algorithm, uh, how they, like, basically you have to strings of text, and mm-hmm. you need to find what has changed, and, and I had an algorithm that I also needed to figure out how it works and implement it. It was a little bit better because I had like a little bit of documentation the there, but it was like, you know, like a paper, science paper, with, I don't know, two paragraphs of explanation with very mathematical-oriented th- uh, mm-hmm. and it, it was also like, I, I'm just like remembered the most challenging, I guess, experiences in my life as a, as a software engineer, so please go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, actually, I, um, I can um, I can relate. I had it once with a framework called CAS. Um, I don't remember what it stands for. It was a tr- pretty traumatic experience for me. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to implement a single sign on based on this framework. And um, it is developed by a university and is mostly used by universities, but also like maybe 10 of them in the world. And there is a website with some documentation, but it just doesn't fit. Maybe it's out of date. Maybe it was, um, well, it was just not enough. And what I did there, and that brings me back to the um, hashtag community. I try to figure out who is dealing with this framework as well. So maybe I can ask them because like, if you cannot on, rely on the documentation, then I go to some uh twitch uh to, to some discord channels to um well uh, some mailing lists whatever trying to reach to people that have this experience if if i cannot do this by myself so yeah that's what i did i tried to find out i think i i joined the discord channel at that time to have a look
1: that's interesting because i before i started for a long time, I was, I kind of was reading uh, stuff from the internet, but I have never had an opportunity to ask someone. Right when mm-hmm. I when I was another strange experience from my life when I was trying to figure out how the Excel format works. I needed to, to solve some problem. I don't even remember what the problem was. Okay, <laughs> I yeah. remember. But I remember that they had to to figure out wha- how the Excel works and uh, worked inside, and there's no one to ask basically from mm-hmm. me right and and I never thought about kind of trying to reach out I don't know maybe I was too shy to reach out to people on the internet i don't know I don't remember mm. but i do but I do know that uh Anyways, another thing I wanted to ask is uh, so y- y- you said that you started to get involved into the community and you started to write for the NG and, and after all of this is kind of naturally developed in, uh, in a sense that you're now like giving talks and, and writing it, right? And, and you still want to do that and to continu- continue do- doing that, right?
0: Sure. Yeah, I just want to find time to do this. For now, it's a bit challenging, but I have a lot of ideas. Like yesterday, um, before uh, falling asleep, I was thinking about um, reactive programming. I really like this, again, a paradigm. I was thinking about Eric's Reax- uh, Jazz and how. complex uh, this thing was to me like so a couple of years ago I remember seeing the code of my colleague and um, having to review it and I was like oh no I don't get what what he's doing there and now I like I I think in metaphors quite often and um, finding it suitable metaphor is a lot of fun to me. So yesterday was before falling asleep I was thinking about um RXJS and how it's like a stream, a stream of water and how I can depict all the concepts from uh RXJS like switch map or filter or map or or tap whatever mm-hmm. as a um like as a visual, as a stream of water, as a tap mm-hmm. with water coming out of it. So yeah.
1: That's, yeah, uh, uh, RxJS is, is nice. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I've been using it, I, I enjoy it uh, as well.
0: But yeah, as you, like, coming back to your question, um, I just need to find time to, to keep going. Um, but of course, it, it is still fun and it's, it switches from, like, I used to write more, now I'm talking more. Um, but usually it comes with an idea and then I try to um, put it into as many forms as, as I can, so if I have an idea I might write an article, I might code something, I might have a, um, a blog post, I might have a tweet on this, so it's just uh, trying to um, produce different forms. Um, because different forms help different people. So, someone is more about visuals and pictures, someone is more about seeing just a code, someone is more about listening to some topics, so, yeah.
1: Do yeah. you want to try to kind of... Is it, like, for you, like, this... Is it more like a hobby for you and trying a thing that you're enjoying doing, or do you want to develop it in more, like, your primary focus, sharing the knowledge with the community and stuff like that.
0: Well, I'm working as a trainer uh, for Angular as well, so that's Mm -hmm. what I'm doing, like that's my paid job, but it's not the the main job, like my main job is a developer. Um, I do some training and writing and speaking at conferences is something which is like a byproduct because I think that I, I try to find some interesting topics from what I'm doing, and um, all this productive thing is more like a hobby to me. It's quite a challenging one because I am a very slow writer. Like it's not that I'm um, super skilled in writing and talented in this, mm-hmm. but it's just um, it, 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 it is like some kind of masochistic fun because um, it takes a lot of time to find the, the right phrasing it takes a lot of time to to finish this article but once it's finished it's really joy then i'm really helpful. Uh, i'm really really happy that i've done that but that's like this um ambivalence of 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 this hobby when doing it's tedious like the whole preparation it takes a lot of time to prepare a talk i'm uh, always super nervous giving those talks so it's just really not easy but once it's done it's It's nice. I'm happy that I managed
1: it. It's kind of yeah. It 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 is nice when like a lot like small problems that you can overcome, right? This Mm -hmm. is what is exciting to 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 work on, right? Those small problems in life, in programming and not only. Mm -hmm. For me, for example, writing because I have tried to write as well, Mm -hmm. and the. The problem with, that I have when I'm trying to write is that uh, I have an idea that I want to express and I, I, like, let's say I have a sentence, and then I'm thinking about, okay, what is important in this sentence? Uh, everything else I just start to kind of throw away. Mm-hmm. And slowly, slowly this sentence turns in like, two words, for example and it, it it is like i don't know be a good person <laughs> right? and and it is kind of yes true but why yeah. and i have always like went to this like trying to you know to make the sentences as powerful as possible to mm-hmm. express as deep ideas as possible with them but they are always very sh- kind of short and It has always been it bothers me a little bit and for this reason I don't post that much of the text content right I have tried with Twitter and stuff like this but Twitter is a little bit different thing because uh, I I was talking with other people about this but every time on uh, on Twitter uh, I have like a a thing in my head that like you need to go to do something productive Mm -hmm. (laughs) you cannot (laughs) spend time here it is not i mean it is kind of productive but it it is not because the i don't know right but the thing that i'm working on right now is i'm trying to uh, create educational series Mm -hmm. in the video format and uh one of the things is that uh there are a couple of different areas I I have in mind that I want to cover, and for example, I think there are better ways to explain certain things, right? For example, I do love the fact that any person who has internet access pretty much can go on YouTube and learn from the uh, from the lectures that are published by much the best universities like Stanford, MIT and stuff like this, Mm -hmm. I do love them, but I look at them and I have learned from them, but it is kind of challenging to learn from them because, you know, they they are just recordings of the uh, teacher explaining with a whiteboard or something like this, right? But Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, like, if you are doing like YouTube and a lot of other people already doing this, instead of writing on on blackboard something and and asking students to kind of imagine that it is like 3d mm-hmm. why you not go to like youtube and actually make it 3d and make it rotate and stuff like that right so i think there is a lot of potential in uh, uh in 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 how to optimize the learning process for the people right it is just, sure. just makes it a lot much more easier for example there is a person uh, i'm pretty sure because the, there is like three one b b do you know that
0: Three, one b. three
1: blue one brown i think it is no, no. The, the the way and there are a lot of different other people like just amazing people and i can share some examples with you because i saved yeah. them because I, I want to learn from them in our apply to my personal knowledge right mm-hmm. uh, to to my personal approach and how you, I build th- those series and stuff like this but for example I was trying to learn much more about the mass uh, like linear algebra multivariable calculus and stuff like that and the way how first of all the way how they explain but in addition to how they explain the way how they visualize a certain mm-hmm. concepts and stuff like, this, uh, like like I have wasted so much time in in, in school and in university. <laughs> and like, what have we been doing? So yeah. So and this is what I want. Uh, kind of. This is a w- like one of the things that I want to help with, and I'm working on this series. Uh, we'll see where where it goes. What 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 interests me. And uh, I know uh, th- there there is one other thing that I wanted to talk with you is. Uh, you mentioned about like you mentioned uh, that at some point you kind of had to deal a little bit with the imposter syndrome and how to kind and how to especially I think when you were starting as an engineer and now you're working as a lead engineer and you're teaching other people right and can you please like tell maybe some insights that you have? Uh, for this journey for you and maybe some useful uh, kind of you know actionable things that people can really use even if Mm -hmm. there is like one that helped you maybe it will also help someone
0: yeah indeed there is one thing that helped me like i'm still struggling with the the imposter syndrome i'm not like uh, out of this (laughs) well um the, the thing that helped me to realize that this is just in my head and not some universal truth and everyone is pointing at me was um, the preparation for the Google Developer Expert status. That like There is a whole process and you have to apply um, and you have to submit all the things that you've been doing. And um, I had to write down um, all the articles that I published, all the conference talks that I had, all the other things and then I looked at the list and I realized that this is a lot. And then I realized that I, I am actually doing a lot. And, um, there was, and that was quite objective because there was there on, on like black and white, like I, you see it written there and this is inarguable mm-hmm. and that helped me to appreciate it. Like this is looking back and having this retrospective. Um, well, this is a bit uh, too cheesy to say, but this is but it's really hard to follow. But actually, it's not helpful to compare yourself with others, but only with yourself. And this is exactly what it is. If you have this retrospective, if you look at yourself a um, couple of months ago, ten years ago, I don't know, twenty years ago, and you realize that you've been improving yourself and you've achieved a lot, then it helps to like. To own it, because um, the thing is that um, many imposter uh, people, like people with the imposter syndrome, they don't take it as theirs, and that's why they don't feel that they deserve it because they don't just don't don't digest it, don't um, own their success. Um, trying to say, oh, that was just nothing, or there was a lucky coincidence. Um, so for me, um, the goal is to make things uh, like to help me own it. For example, by making this list, mm-hmm. and what I'm personally doing as well, which doesn't help me, but I help. I hope it help, helps others. I'm talking open that um I st- I also have this imposter syndrome, because m- many people have it. Like I've I've looked up some statistics. Apparently, that like eighty people, eighty percent of of developers do have something like this. So when I openly admit that I am also struggling and I have some confidence issues and I'm not sure if I'm an expert, then it helps the others to see that they are also not alone and this is something which is not about them. It's just maybe part of this industry, I don't know. Yeah, and um, what I also looked up uh, as like, um, I thought like, what what suggestions can I I give? Um, Apparently, if people are in a unique position, something like being a LGBTQ person, or I don't know, being a female person in a man-dominated area, or being I don't know, a person of color, whatever. If there is something which makes you unique in, in an environment, um, people tend, this person tends to feel this pressure of representing this group. And then it adds on onto the imposter syndrome. And in this case, uh, it's even natural to say like, look, it's um, it's okay to feel this pressure. It's not, but again, it's not about this person. It's about these circumstances. So trying to get out of, uh, trying to realize that those are just feelings. It's not the reality. It's just the emotions that we have um, and the way we're thinking and not the way we are. So yeah. This is how I try to help myself, that's like inner talk, which happens from time to time. (laughs) To
1: calm down oneself.
0: (laughs) Yes. I have been
1: also thinking about this, because this is... I I, I knew that this would be one thing that I wanted to talk with you about. And like one thing that I wanted to share, and I'm not sure if it works for everyone, but this is what what worked for me. (laughs) And... Mm -hmm. um, uh, I have a very interesting experience with uh, public uh, public uh, speaking. Right. First of all, I, I, yeah, I, I before I started my kind of professional career, uh, working in the industry, I was quite shy and I didn't really talk publicly at all but i i, I always wanted to mm-hmm. i was always sitting in the audience and looking at the people who kind of on uh, on the stage right and i like i want to do something like this it, w- it was very interesting for me and at one point i kind of got an opportunity to give a small tech talk and it was at the very early stages of my career i was junior engineer i w- uh, and this very senior person that I mentioned before helped me to prepare the talk, and it was a very interesting story because I just, first of all, it was in English. I didn't know English at that point, like pretty much at all. But I decided to do this as a challenge, anyways. And the interesting thing, I just, I just learned the whole thing by heart. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And I went there, and I, and I just spoke, like you know, like, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so this is what I was uh, doing. And then I also got a few other opportunities to present. And uh, at a little bit later stage, when I was a little bit more knowledgeable in terms of uh, the industry, but I was still kind of, I remember that one talk I was giving, I kind of went there i like i didn't know everything by heart uh, this time around but i kind of know knew only this area and i was extremely cautious about people asking anything outside of it Mm -hmm. and um, but it went well (laughs) nobody really kind of challenged me that much at that point but uh what i learned after like and my kind of response to being Anxious about all of this was to try to get actually pretty good at what you know, in a sense that, and this is what I learned also that if you go and present some topic and you have like a whole body of knowledge and you only talk about like 10% of your knowledge, you feel much more comfortable because you can, you have like enough like buffer to go in any direction. Mm -hmm. And for me, it kind of turned into like a challenge to understand I want to learn the whole thing uh, in terms of software and it it went to the point where I first I uh, learned JavaScript, then I went uh, deeper, I was learning like C, Assembler, how computers works, Mm -hmm. how electricity works, how atoms works and like when you when you have this body of knowledge you kind of feel very comfortable when you can that if someone asks you something beyond this yes most likely it's not it is it is certainly that in all of those areas there are things that i don't know mm-hmm. but but i feel much more comfortable talking about many different aspects and go in different directions with people, especially with, like, with for example, with yourself. I, can, I, I have a rough idea of what we will be talking about in terms of technology, but not only. And it is much easier for me right now to talk with you or with someone else, because I'm, I'm kind of along for the ride. Whatever Mm -hmm. you want to talk about, I am willing to go there. Maybe I will be able to bring some valuable insights there. Maybe not. We'll see. Right. But uh, like trying to like putting in work to actually gain experience in a very broad uh, area and variety of different things that you have uh, that you maybe know at least something about how they work this was helpful very much for me and this I'm not sure I guess this would be the the most uh the most like significant thing that helped me and this is what I wanted to share with people mm-hmm.
0: I think oh. the, the the most important thing here is that um if you say I it gives me more confidence and I'm fine with the amount of knowledge that I have then it's it's super it's it's really very very nice and very good um, I think the problem with the imposter syndrome is more that people keep saying that they are not good enough and not good enough and not good enough. So it's not, it's 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 the same amount of knowledge, but it's being seen in a different way. So it's like not never being good enough, never being confident enough to talk about something. I'd say the opposite way of of seeing this, um, the whole story is. Um, to have some talks and write about something, even if you don't think that you know everything or like you have a solid ground, um, because either you gain some experience or um, like you you might have a specific knowledge uh, which helps others and other people don't know about it that much. Like I had to think about my PhD and the presentation of my thesis and I was just super nervous, but my supervisor told me, like, look, in in this room, there is maybe two or three people that know your topic as in depth as you know it. The rest is more superficial. They will ask you different questions, and it's okay not to know the answer to other questions which diverge from your um, diverge from your um, very specific topic. Um, And they might ask you some more superficial questions and you will know the answer because you went deeper. So um, after that, when I'm nervous um, regarding some potential questions that I am not able to answer, I'm thinking that um, I had this very, very specific uh, problem. And I'm talking about this very specific issue. So um, the the likelihood that there is someone there in the room who has had this very specific issue you know better is quite like uh, low and even if so it depends on the uh, way you discuss it so if someone just uh, contributes to the discussion then you you have the opportunity to learn from someone and this is perfect and if someone tries to bully you and, and I don't know tell you you don't know nothing well it tells more about the person itself so yeah for me it's more um dealing with my own uh in and telling myself it's um you just only feel it it's it's um it's not really likely that you will um screw it that 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 <laughs> tra- dramatic
1: it's interesting that you said uh when you said that kind of there's n- not many people that actually know this topic as good as you do and i feel about this i for sure i can take like some junior engineer i have been doing engineering for like 10 plus years so i can take an engineer who has been doing like software engineer for like let's say half of a year right Mm -hmm. in some in some technology right and there are things about this technology that they know that I don't know. Yes. Yes, maybe they only like very narrow focused on these technologies, but they they there are things that they can tell me that I don't know. I absolutely. Am school to kind of realize that. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I want to like kind of a little bit aside. Uh I wanted to talk with you like a little bit about the tech itself. Uh, you you mostly focused on uh, Angular, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. uh, do um, is it because of your work? Like, uh, is it because of your work or is it because of this uh, NG conference that you started to work? with? how how did it turn out that you focused on Angular that much?
0: Uh, well. Um. Well, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> no. Well, kidding. Uh, in my first uh, job uh, after the studies, um, I, we were working with AngularJS, so mm-hmm. that's how it started for me. And mm-hmm. then like, I had a, a break being a IT consultant and a developer, and then when I came back, uh-huh. um, there was natural for me that since I had the uh, basics in AngularJS, um, I'd focus on Angular because it's okay. Back then, I didn't realize that um, the break between Angular JS and Angular was so big. But then I thought, like, okay, give me a, a week, and I will um, see my way through this framework mm. and uh, gonna um, update my knowledge. So that's how it started with Angular, and now it's mostly because of the projects. Um, this is a danger once you do something, you get comfortable with this framework and you tend to to do different, further projects with this framework as well. So yeah, for for, for now it's more like a convenience.
1: Do you try to like proactively kind of notice that and push yourself towards actually uh, experimenting with some other technologies, I don't know, approaches?
0: Like, um, that that's the, that's the whole dilemma for private projects. If I wanna code something for myself, um, that would be really quick and easy for me to do this in, ing- in Angular. I know the whole setup and then um, it's done. But I try to um, pick up something which ma- makes more sense for this particular website, which if, if this is just a very basic static website, there is no reason to do this in Angular. Um, I can do it with um, just HTML, JavaScript, or um, use some static site generators or something. So um, with private projects, I try to challenge myself to make myself on more slow, slower on purpose, so that I learn other uh, frameworks mm-hmm. and technologies.
1: This is actually because what I have also realized in my life is that I have been for the first like half let's say of my career maybe a little bit more I primarily was working on uh, on the um, on the projects at my job right Mm -hmm. and I was doing them I was doing like I don't know like 12 hours a day like every day and stuff like this but then at some point I got an opportunity to kind of start my uh, hobby projects right Mm -hmm. and it always goes i i I think from the uh the goals like why are you doing right because like technology studies i think should be going from there but for me it was just like a field for experiments like Mm -hmm. uh, just like throwing it first of all like at some point like yes you want to you don't want to just experiment in vacuum right because it is kind of it's like as like you know you, trying different languages by writing hello world I, I mean mm-hmm. like come on it, it, you kind of don't really get a feel for it yes. uh, for the language but it, because you need to go a little bit deeper right <laughs> because I think every language right now has a hello world like and it is very simple yeah. uh, right you, it, yes but uh, having like a, an actual problem that you want to solve, it's very helpful right yes. but try the way how you're trying to solve it as approaching it as like again your field for experiments right you can do things you can experiment with them you can redo things and stuff like this and you i personally have learned like a huge amount from just doing those like personal mm-hmm. hobby projects and it was very 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 useful for me and uh and for example i was doing angular as well uh, mm-hmm. In my, at some point in my career, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember much of it to be honest already because I was doing all both things like an Angular JS g- at the very beginning and then Angular 2, then it changed to 8 and I'm not like following <laughs> all of this anymore, and and because I'm not following all of this, I also wanted to ask you. I kind of thought about since you were very deep in the Angular ecosystem and stuff like this, are there any maybe you know people maybe some misunderstand certain aspects of angular that commonly write and ask like wrong questions or maybe have wrong assumptions about this framework do, do you experience something like this uh
0: yes well it's actually a common a uh, quite a common place that that many people say that angular is um cumbersome and very opinionated and mm-hmm. uh, hard to learn Um, Well, I do understand why people could say and would say something like this, um, but there is just one side of, of this is just one perspective. Um, Hmm. Regarding this, there are two things. I remember uh, writing an exam in in German and there was something about private law, I don't remember exactly, but um, it was like three hours exam and I I did quite well um, because I, like since I'm not a German native speaker, I had a limited number of vocabulary and it was really easy for me to combine those vocabulary, so those words to sentences and to write it because that's what I've learned. I've learned this limited low vocabulary for those use cases. And it helped me because like my German uh, fellow students, they were thinking how to phrase it better, what to say. They had all the choices. And coming back to Angular, I think since Angular uh, implies some limitations on how the things are done, I think it's actually easier to get in because Angular says only this way and not all the others. You don't have to, you know, uh, well, um, like to to consider any other options. You just have this one. So I think it's actually better to get in. And on the other hand, it's also that it comes like, this is the price for the um, features that Angular also has. So I also usually compare it with a furnished uh, apartment. So if you have your favorite sofa and the favorite table, whatever, then you better go to React or Vue because those are libraries, they don't have um, much in them, which like pre-installed, pre, like the things that are pre-decided. Uh, but if you like, this is like an unfurnished unfurnished apartment. But with Angular, if you don't don't have anything, you just move in and you're ready to go. And you have your HTTP service, you have your testing clients, you have you have interceptors, you have um, a lot of things that are working out of the box. And people get annoyed, of course. If I have my my sofa or my couch and I move in into this furnished par- apartment, it just it's just stressful and annoying that I cannot do the things my way, and that's why I realize that I, I do understand that Angular is perceived like this, but it's just the question of the use case.
1: It's kind of. Yeah, it is. It is an interesting thought in terms of, you know. Different tools are built, like I think, with different visions in mind for mm-hmm. them, right? And I mean, of course you can use uh, the tool but basically you will spend like additional effort if you are not using the tool like really for the job that it was created for mm-hmm. when you're trying to hack it and it it feels stressful at this maybe at some point it's kind of like better or easier just to go and create a new thing from scratch right but mm-hmm. if if the tool is useful for you then then th- and kind of if the tool fits your use case it is kind of perfect because you can mm. do what you want and you can do it fairly productively because it is already done mm. right but if you want to do something specific like sounds some, like something very unique then you will need to kind of either fight a tool or create like a goal level deeper and create the thing from, from scratch. And another thing interesting that you mentioned is that th- this idea of like creative constraints, right? I have mm-hmm. thought about it a lot on my, in my life, is that when you have like unlimited freedom, it is kind of difficult because you mm-hmm. can do everything, but you kind of, but but what do you need? And you need to decide, right? and in some in some case having limitations is uh, this kind of encourages your creativity in a sense right mm-hmm. because uh, because you can kind of offload from your head. Uh, had some of the decisions that needs to be made because they have already been made with, uh, before you, and you kind of accept them as the ground truth, and mm-hmm. then you can focus on some other thing that you are working on. It is it is very interesting. I have always uh, always thought about it. You know, as a painter, when you when you have a sheet of, pa- uh, of paper mm-hmm. uh, it, and it is completely uh, white uh, and you are just starting, you can pretty much draw anything you want, right? But the question is like, what should you draw, right? And of course it is, for example, even having a goal, like why do you draw something, right? Because like, I just want to draw, like, okay, what? Mm -hmm. But if you want to try to solve some problem, okay, I have an idea and I want to communicate it to the people and this is the best way I envision how it could be represented with a picture, it is a good start, you have like something to uh, go from and mm-hmm. it's interesting because even if software engineering what i found for myself for example is that when i was trying to learn i don't know technologies for the sake of just learning it was it was not very productive because like mm-hmm. i can kind of read the information but i don't it doesn't stick mm-hmm. right but then once i started to kind of have more specific goals in the world that I want to solve. For example, I have a specific problem in the world that I want to make it easier to find some information, mm-hmm. and you need like search engine. And then, when you learn some information, you kind of okay, this is how it fits here, here, and here, and it is a nice picture that it, you have some experience and some problems, some context that you can attach new knowledge to. And mm-hmm. this is how you can organize it in your memory, in, in your head, and uh, later recall. This is what my, I found in my life.
0: Actually, I, I totally can relate to this picture. Like, um, should I have more time, I, I'd love to create a website for web development, um, maybe just for front-end development to, to scope it a bit, uh, which starts with HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. And then I have a mind map with problems because um, it's all about problems. We are all solving the same problems, but solving them in a different way. In in front-end, it's all about performance. So we have different approaches with single page applications, multi-page applications, hydration, partial hydration, whatever. So I see it as a mind map with problems and then solutions as leaves. And so that you, you can navigate those and see what are th- other options, like let's say uh-huh. um, I have a problem, what are my actions? And um, regarding um, your point that once you have this problem, you can ask questions. I think develop like being a good developer is um, a lot about asking the right questions, like it's about googling, uh-huh. searching but you are efficient and successful uh, when searching for something if you search in the right place, um, like with the right intent, with the right search item. So for me, it's really hard to start with, I don't know how Angular works. It's more like the more specific you get, the more specific is your question. And then the, um, the better phrased is your question, the better you know what exactly you're looking for and what you're not looking for. And the high, the likelier it is that you get the answer to a question. Um, so yeah, for me, it's also, um, it doesn't help to start with, I want to learn the framework. It's more about, I have this particular problem. I need to solve it with this framework. And then you can, you are more specific and then you have more un- specific answers. Yeah, and for me, for
1: example, the reason why initially, you know when I was starting as an engineer initially, um, I want I knew that I wanted to become better, but I kind of didn't really understand like what does it mean right just to, just to know more technologies right but but I, I, at the beginning I never like I was trying to learn more and more technologies but i I never kind of considered it in a way that it, it is not just about learning technologies. Mm-hmm. Technologies are like a tools that help to solve like problems. Mm-hmm. So, Igor, what you need to do is first kind of sit and spend some time thinking about what kind of problems do you want to solve in, in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And it is like, I'm describing it right now. It seems very reasonable and obvious, but it is not what I thought initially, right? And mm-hmm. it took me like... I was, maybe I was, ta- I started to, the reason why I started to think about all of this is because I was developing, yes, I was learning more technologies, right? I wanted to become better and I was developing my career kind of. And my career, in a sense, I was uh, lucky and my career, the, progression was fairly rapid right and I was thinking about like okay yeah you can you can make a projection where you will be in like couple of years right but like why and then uh, my experience was that in the first like four years my career was very rapid from like a junior engineer to the lead engineer and then I had kind of a pause when I was for several years thinking about the life right mm-hmm. <laughs> what i want to do and this is the moment where i was, what i started to think more about not just like learning technologies for the sake of technologies but what kind of problems i want to do to solve right and mm-hmm. then maybe for the last like a year or so i was more or less mm, i had a much better picture in terms of what kind of problems i want to solve it is still not like completely like fleshed out and exactly crystal clear, but it is in a much better state than it was mm. when I was just starting and stuff like this. And it has it has been very, very, very helpful when I was learning. Even stuff that doesn't relate to, uh, pro- doesn't kind of, do- it, it can, like everything kind of relates, but not, not direct. Like for, for example, even learning things like physics or mathematics, right? It is much easier for me because I understand how it feels and I understand why I need to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is also very interesting. Another point is that, for example, when I was in school and college and stuff like this, I was going to classes, but I kind of didn't really understand why. Like we are going, mm-hmm. like all my peers are going to school. We are going to school. Why are we doing this? Nobody told me, right? And if, if someone told me like, The reasons why you would want to do that, I think that would be very helpful. Absolutely. And I'm not sure... Like, when you were going to school, did you kind of realize, like, why do you need to learn? Or you were doing this because this is kind of life around me, this is what we are doing here?
0: Well, actually, it it was... So the first uh, nine years, I think in the last grade, I suddenly realized um, that I don't have to go to school. Nobody has. It's such a social convention. And that was really like a a revelation to me. Like, oh, actually, I'm doing it. I've been doing this because everyone does all the years not, not thinking about it, not being aware of doing this, like, you know, intentionally. So yeah, I totally I I I really remember this moment when I first asked me myself this question. So that was the last grade, so I just went through and it was fine. So I think if I if I had asked myself this, I don't know, maybe in the eighth grade or so, I might have had a harder time at school because I'd start questioning if I must go to school. Maybe I can choose the subjects that I want to study and not studying everything. But yeah happily for me it was uh, late enough so that i went like i
1: (laughs) but wouldn't it be better if you kind of realized it earlier and you could focus your uh attention and time where you want it and you on on the things that you wanted to do instead of doing like everything a little bit no wouldn't Mm. you want to know about
0: all of this earlier i don't know for example um I I love math, and I used to love math in school as well. I have nothing to do with it right now. So if I'm thinking about my professional perspectives, going to the math classes wouldn't be reasonable. I should invest all my time into informatics. But it was something which I just enjoyed. And um, it's maybe the, like, I I don't mind having the basic, um, that's again, that's the same coming back to, you first need to have um, the problem, to understand your problem, then you can r- ask r- the right questions. The same goes with, you need some basic um, uh, education so that you can, based on this education, ask proper questions or go deeper. So in and t- and saying, oh, this area looks interesting, so I, I really want to have... Um, Like I want to dig deeper into astrophysics or I don't know, do more about uh, the foreign languages, whatever.